0: Southeast Radio's morning mix, chat, news, and your views. Alan Corcoran.
1: I'm from Ukraine. I'm from Kiev. I have my family in Kiev at the moment, so it's very worrying times, you know. But um, people over there are trying to keep calm and hope for the best. That's what our government is asking us, you know, not to react on the provocations and keep us calm as possible. And they are doing the best they can to uh, solve this situation, hopefully, peacefully. Monsieur, you, you just don't know what's going to happen. And I think it's very worrying about uh, yesterday's, Mr. Putin's decision to recognize those rebel republics. Now he's moving in Russian forces to that area for uh, peacekeeping. So we don't really know what's going to happen. The, the escalation is getting worse and worse in the eastern Ukraine. So. When were you last back over there? I was there last summer in August, so things were a bit quieter then. It's going on for eight years now, and it's been on and off, but now it's just taking different different level altogether.
0: And you've made Wexford your home here and have done for quite some time, but how many of your family are still back over there?
1: I have my, my mother, my grandmother, my cousins, friends, yeah, quite a few. So they, they all worry, but uh, like I said, they, there's no panic, they, they keep them calm, and... Uh, I think they they relying on the government and also on the international um, communities, you know, to, to solve this problem.
0: And have you had contact with them within the last 24 hours?
1: I did, yes. I was talking to them last night, and uh, my mom was saying that on, on the radio they were talking about uh, outage of power possible, maybe internet would go, and uh, also a lot of misinformation, so be prepared. I mean, how long are you here in Wexford? When did you
0: you leave Ukraine?
1: Uh, I'm in Wexford since 2008. So, yeah, uh, I came here because uh, I'm married to to Irishman. So I'm living here since then.
0: Can you remember unrest when you were there?
1: No, not really, because unrest happened in 2014. Mm -hmm. I was here already. Uh, so it was very worrying time, of course, but uh, then it kind of settled down a bit, and you just don't know what's going to happen next. The, the situation is uh, so uncertain. Nobody knows really what Putin will decide to do.
0: Right, and uh, ultimately then... They're trying to stave off this invasion, aren't they? But uh, it's looking very dicey at the moment, isn't it?
1: It is, yes. It is looking very dicey. Well, as our president said in Ukraine, Ukraine is in Ukrainian army is in a very different position than it was in 2014. He has got a lot of help from different countries. It has built up a strong forces and... Uh, gain a lot more experience so they are very positive that they be able to fight back.
0: Do you find it hard being here I mean even speaking to you this morning I can sense the tension that you're going through?
1: Of course yes because I worry a lot about my family my friends you know and the country I I worry if I can go there at all because now a lot of flights are getting cancelled so I wonder when I'll be able to see my family next. It is very worrying. You're praying for peace? Yes, praying for peace, definitely.
0: Southeast Radio's morning mix: chat, news, and your views. The world is on tenderhooks yet again. It revolves around Ukraine. Uh, Worrying uh, signs. We're going to link in with Bradley Stafford, a Wexford man living in the Ukraine. uh, Later on in the show this morning, Uh, you are the Labour Party spokesperson on foreign affairs. Have your concerns grown?
2: Oh, absolutely. I think um, the, the thing we feared most was actually a Russian incursion into uh, an independent sovereign country, which is Ukraine. Uh, International peace efforts, you know, led by a variety of people up to yesterday, even with the efforts of the French President Macron, uh, with Chancellor Schultz of Germany and even Johnson uh, of the United Kingdom, all trying desperately to find uh, a peaceful outcome. Uh, But with the decision yesterday and the extraordinary speech of President Putin uh, to his own people last night, a rambling speech of an hour when he said truly surprising and amazing things, describing the now independent nations of the USSR as our country. And these are member states now, independent member states of the European Union, like Latvia, uh, Lithuania uh, and so on, that he describes those as our country. And blamed the Bolshevik leaders, presumably uh, President Gorbachev, for its breakup. Uh, and he seems uh, intent on rebuilding a greater Russia, starting with the Ukraine. So his recognition of what up to now had been um, conflict zones in Luhansk and Donetsk uh, in the eastern part of Ukraine uh, as independent republics and the moving of so called peacekeepers, i.e., Um, Russian troops uh, into those regions is a point of very worrying conflict. Uh, It's not clear yet, Um, it's only happened overnight, uh, what the consequences of this will be. Um, Is he going to move further than those areas of Luhansk and Donetsk that are actually, um, if you like, in conflict right now because they're not the totality of those regions? Uh, And is he going to move further into, into Ukraine? Um, there is a real potential for armed conflict and potentially the most serious war uh, in Europe since the end of the Second World War. So we all should be deeply concerned uh, and watch this particular development with great anxiety. And we certainly can't be um, indifferent when hard-won independence of a state like the Ukraine, like Ukraine, is simply. Uh, uh, obliterated by an incursion, an armed incursion uh, by a neighbour.
0: Southeast Radio's morning mix.
2: Chat, news, and
0: your views. Now let's head to Ukraine once again and find out. Uh, Lincoln was a Wexford man who made the opposite journey, this time from Wexford to Ukraine. And I'm joined by Bradley Stafford. Good morning to you, Bradley. Good morning, Alan. Whereabouts are you, Bradley, as we speak, please?
3: Uh, As we speak, I'm in a small city in western Ukraine called Rivne, which is uh, about 330 odd kilometers west of Kyiv. I'm uh, staying with my mother-in-law at the moment.
0: Right. You spoke to me before, last week indeed. Um, You were also featured in our local newspapers as well. So your story is documented. For the benefit of people who haven't heard of your story yet, just remind us why you're there in the first place.
3: Well, basically, uh, I had been traveling around Eastern Europe a number of years ago, around 2016-17, and uh, traveled to Ukraine with a friend. And uh, we originally went to Lviv in the west of the country near Poland and then further on to Kiev, the capital. And the plan was to stay for the weekend. My friend would go home and I would continue on elsewhere. Um, but uh, I fell in love with the city and the country, and decided to stay for a bit longer, and I also met a girl, and, yeah, long story short, four and a half years later we're now married, so, uh, Ukraine is very much home now.
0: It is home. As uh, we speak now, reports of Russian tanks entering contested eastern regions of Ukraine have raised fears of Putin's intentions to invade Ukraine. Um, What are you hearing there as we speak? Uh, How much of this has been covered in the news? Are you fearful? Um... Am I fearful? Yes and no. Um, more fearful
3: for the people in Donbass and what's about to happen, I suppose. Um, yes, it's been covered here widely. Um, it's all consuming. I can't get away from it. I want to keep informed. Um, and well, yeah. Last yesterday, I mean, Ukrainians have known this for as long as uh, he's been in. A, in in, in in politics, really. But, um, yeah, it was great to see that... Uh, it was great that the world could see yesterday just um, how deranged and, um, well, evil um, Vladimir Putin really is. And his speech yesterday really did leave a lot of Ukrainians shocked. And um, really, it's clear to see that it hasn't necessarily been just about NATO or the EU or the West and so on. I mean, he clearly stated yesterday that Ukraine essentially shouldn't exist, and in doing so, kind of rewrote history to his own uh, needs, really, and, yeah, he lectured the Russian people for about 45 minutes about how Ukraine shouldn't exist, all sorts of nonsensical things like this, and, yeah, withholding key dates uh, in the historical timeline of Ukraine um, to kind of fit his agenda, and, uh, yeah, I mean, people have been seeing People watched the, the, the speech yesterday, and um, at first, people were laughing at just how ridiculous it was. And then, um, yeah, as soon as then, towards the end, people were kind of left in shock somewhat, and how he then recognised these Russian-occupied zones, essentially, um, which, which kind of, um, yeah, it, it, it remains to, see, to be seen what exactly is going to happen there because. Uh, The occupied zone um, in Donetsk and Luhansk regions is only about a third of the overall region, with the the remaining two thirds still under Ukrainian control. And it's kind of been, there's been messages coming out of Russia today about how, well, they're only going to recognize up to the conflict zone, whereas others are saying that they want to recognize the entire region. And if that was the case, well, then it would mean these Russian so-called peacekeepers with tanks and artillery and missiles and so on um yeah it it' would mean essentially that they will officially in in, in 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 view of the world um cross into ukrainian controlled territory and well yeah it's just it just it basically it, it, it looks like there's going to be war and, and i mean i mean, i mean there's been war for eight years but it's going to be an escalation and it's 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 well yeah um it's 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 moving a lot deeper into ukrainian territory what will you do? Well, for now, um, we're I think oh, nearly a thousand kilometers or so from Donbas. Um, I believe we're relatively safe here, where we are. Um, could argue that even if I was still in Kiev, I would still quite still feel quite safe. And my wife isn't so keen to go back, and it's completely understandable. Um, but if they do move into Ukrainian-controlled territory of Donbass. Well, if it's happening, I mean, you'd like to think that it would just kind of keep to that area, and I'd like to think that the Ukrainian army could withhold what, would, what could come. And if if then it was to kind of um, filter into other regions of the country where they border, where Russia borders Ukraine. Well, then we might have to assess our situation somewhat. Um, we are planning to go of, uh, of going to uh, the Carpathian Mountains in the very south west of the country, on, along the border with Romania and Hungary, for a couple of weeks. Um, so, I mean, there couldn't be a safer spot in the country to be, essentially.
0: Um, but uh, no plans as of yet to uh, to leave the country. When I spoke to Lisa this morning, who's the opposite took the opposite journey from Ukraine, from Kiev to Wexford, she was telling me she was speaking to her mother last night. She was speaking to her grandparents as well. And there is a belief that the Ukrainian army is stronger than it was in 2014. You're over there. Do you, do you have the belief, I mean, will they be strong enough to take on the might of the Russian Empire, so to speak, the might of the Russian army? Well,
3: there's, there's no doubt about it that the, the army has doubled in size, since 2014, let's not forget that before this all kicked off, Ukraine was, in fact, a neutral country. And because of this um, situation in the East and with Crimea and so on, um, well, yeah, Ukraine needs to defend itself and has had to, you know, improve the size of its military quite drastically. And with support from the West and NATO countries and so on, they've been able to do so. And, you know, well, there may be some elements of fear in Ukraine these days. I mean, there's also a very strong element of, well, you know, they're not going to just, you know, give in and let Putin take the country. They're not going to, you know, fold, so to speak. You know, Ukrainians have been fighting for their independence for as long as the country has been mentioned, as, as long as it's been somewhat existing, you know, as long as there's been a Ukrainian... Yeah. Idea and a culture and a heritage. You know, I mean, Ukrainians are no stranger to you know aggression from their neighbors in the east and. You know they're they they're they're not just going to let them walk in. You know,
0: They're not going to roll over. Listen, we have to leave it for the moment. Bradley, stay well, will you? And thank you. The phone line is absolutely crystal clear because Lisa had said to me that her her mum was concerned about uh, the rumor was it affect to electricity supplies, affect to the internet, uh, and the one thing people will need, particularly with people from Ireland living over there, is communication. Are you are you fairly confident that the communication channels will hold up?
3: I certainly hope so. I mean, there hasn't been anything to suggest lately that, you know, that that, that anything like that could happen. I know there has been a number of um, cyber attacks on, like, certain banks and uh, ministry uh, websites and so on. Um, But, uh, you know, like I said, if they were going to do that, it would be hard to see them being able to do it it, like throughout the entire country. And... um, Yeah, Yeah, I think it's 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 not one of my biggest worries right now.
0: Okay, well, look, stay well, Alan. Thank you for taking our call this morning. Good morning to you. No problem, Alan. Thank you very much. Southeast Radio's morning mix. Alan Corcoran, chat, news, and your views.